1: I'm Cindy Linden and this is the Cook Along Podcast. We're making the perfect apple pie. You may think that that sounds a little grandiose and that a lot of people might say they have the perfect apple pie recipe. This is called Sharon's Perfect Apple Pie and I don't know who Sharon was. But this recipe is something I clipped out of the newspaper, I don't know how long ago, many, many years ago. And she really did figure out a recipe for the perfect apple pie. It's got some unusual steps to it. It takes three separate parts. The third part is putting the filling in the pie crust. The second part is making the pie crust. The first part is actually kind of a do-ahead because you have to set the apples to sort of marinate 8 to 12 hours before you're ready to make your pie. So it becomes important to start it as early as the night before, assuming that you can get to it within about 12 hours. You probably don't want to soak it a lot longer than that. This process of getting the apples into the seasonings eight to 12 hours ahead of time allows them to sort of absorb some of the flavors, and most importantly, to get kind of floppy, and they break down a little bit, and they get limp and floppy, and that makes the magic in this pie, because it means that you can get a lot more apples into the filling of the pie than you can If they are firm when you put them in. So we're here right now. It's evening. It's 8 o'clock at night and we're here to do the preparation work to get the filling ready and then I'm gonna ask you to go away for a whole 8 to 12 hours and come back to me in the morning and we will put this into a pie crust and turn it into one of the best pies you've ever had. I am not a huge apple pie fan. I like apple pie. It's not that I dislike it in any way. (laughs) I love apple pie. However, if you put apple pie on a counter, a piece of apple pie, a piece of cherry pie, a piece of pumpkin pie, a piece of blueberry pie, a piece of peach pie, I will take all of the others before I take the apple pie. However, if you told me, when you pointed out this array of pies, That this was sharon's perfect apple pie i was looking at that decision would be a lot harder for me and you know what i'd probably do is cut all of the pieces of pie in half and have have half of all of them honestly the very first thing is of course to prepare the apples and i feel guilty making this confession but i have kind of cheated i get to skip the first step Because during the fall and the summer, when, late summer, when apples are in season, in my house, we buy them in large groups. Actually, we grow some as well. And we prepare them by slicing them into usable sort of wedges and freezing them on cookie sheets. So they're peeled, they're cored, and they're sliced. They're put in a single layer onto a cookie sheet, and you put that in your freezer and flash-freeze them essentially, then you take them back out and put them in plastic bags and they're ready for you to use later in the year for applesauce or apple butter. We should make some apple butter one day. I'm going to do that with you. And apple pie, like we're doing tonight. I will tell you, it's two days before Thanksgiving, and we are going to have pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving, but we are also going to have this apple pie because not everybody is all that wild about pumpkin pie. I don't understand that. Pumpkin is maybe my favorite pie. I think that's probably true, but I want to honor people who are not as enthusiastic about it as I am. So let's go back to talking about what you need to do right now. If you haven't got the benefit of pre-sliced apples, the first thing you need to do is peel, core, and slice about nine cups of apples that's about nine apples and if you can the best flavor for this pie is going to come from mixing varieties so don't make it all one kind i am using two kinds today i have jonathan's which are hard to find except in a very small window of time in the early fall and i have rome's rome beauties i think is their official full name and I'm gonna mix those together. You can use Gravensteins or those make good pie. You can use Granny Smiths, although those are pretty tart. The only thing I don't recommend that you do is use delicious apples, either red or golden delicious, because their flavor is not strong enough. They're too sweet. They don't have enough flavor and their consistency won't hold up as you're baking them. Now I'm gonna jump ahead. If you need to stop here and go slice a bunch of apples, that's fine. Don't cut them too thick. You just need sort of like finger width wedges. Obviously you don't want the stiff, crunchy bits of the core in there and no skin. But if you have a little, it won't hurt anything. And so you go do that and then come back to me. For those of you who are as lucky as I am and have apples that you can go ahead and, and use now, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do with them. Now, I haven't measured these out, so I'm going to do this. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now. The last time I made this, which was actually a year ago for Thanksgiving, I made a huge version of this pie. I made it in a nine or 10 inch, I think a 10 inch springform pan like you would use for a full-size cheesecake. And It was gorgeous, and it was glorious, and I will include some photos of that on the website, which is, by the way, www.thecookalongpodcast.com. You will find a photo of last year's, you will find a photo of this year's, and some photos we take along the way. And also, and this is what I started out to tell you, I will put the amounts not only for the ingredients I'm about to list for you, that will be on there, but I'm also going to put the amounts for the large size pie that I made in the cheesecake pan because it's really impressive on the table, and it serves probably 12 people at least. We had quite a lot of leftovers last year, so I will put that in the notes at the bottom. I'm going to put the ingredients, uh, the ingredient amounts for that larger pie, so that's just for you to go look. All right, now... Nine cups of apples. Let's see what I've got in the rooms. I bought the rooms specifically so that I would have them to go with the Jonathans in this recipe. So there's two. I'm putting them in a very large glass bowl. Because what they're going to do, I don't want to lose count. Hold on. Two, four. All right. Perfect. Oh, perfect. I have just about four and a half, not quite five cups of the Rome apples sliced up, which is means it'll be about half because I'm going for nine cups of sliced apples. I'm going to stop in a minute when I can stop counting and tell you what your full ingredient list is. Okay, so that's six. I can't do it right now because I can't, can't stop thinking about what I'm doing. There's Aside from the one I just threw on the floor, uh, there's eight. And I'm going to rinse off the one I dropped on the floor. And I'm not wasting any here. All right, there's eight cups. And now the last cup of the Jonathans. We get the Jonathans at a... Uh, on a nursery actually that does an apple festival we've also found them on a a drive this is kind of fun there's a drive not far from where i live i live in portland and there's a a place about 40 minutes away called hood river and between hood river and the mountain of mount hood there is a drive that is many fruit stands that are all kind of bundled together because they're all growing trees of fruit Uh, called the fruit loop. So we try to get out and get some fruit from the fruit loop in the fall and sometimes in the summer as well because you can get amazing peaches on that drive. So I have now in front of me this large bowl of frozen sliced apples. Yours will not be frozen. Actually that's better because mine will need a little more time probably because they're not going to start soaking things up until they defrost. Here's your list of ingredients for this pie half a cup of granulated sugar, half a cup of firmly packed brown sugar, one to one and a half teaspoons of ground cinnamon, and that will depend on what kind you're using. If you're using a really strong cinnamon, like a Vietnamese, a Saigon kind of cinnamon, you may want to just use a teaspoon. If you're using your sort of average, everyday Blended cinnamon or grocery store cinnamon, you could go up to a teaspoon and a half. depends on how much you like cinnamon. You need a quarter of a teaspoon of ground nutmeg. That's optional, but it's a really nice complexity. It adds a little depth to the flavor of the pie. A teaspoon of vanilla, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, two tablespoons of lemon juice, and three tablespoons of flour. Then we're going to need a pie crust, and we'll make that recipe separately, but you can find the recipe for that on my website. The one we're going to use is called, I think it's called Cindy's Favorite Pie Crust for a two-crust pie. For that, you need flour and vegetable oil. I don't remember the amounts. I think it's a half a cup of vegetable oil, though, and a, like a cup and three quarters or a cup and two thirds or something of flour and a tiny bit of salt and then you'll need some butter about a tablespoon of butter or margarine in addition to ingredients we should talk about equipment you'll need for this a rolling pin for the pie crust and you'll need some form of plastic wrap parchment paper wax paper something like that to roll the crust in and most importantly The pie pan that you use needs to be at least nine inches across and at least an inch and a half deep. Some of those tin foil ones you get at the grocery store are going to be too small for the amount of filling that this makes. You could also use an eight inch springform pan, like for a cheesecake, that kind of pan. To make the bigger version of this pie with the larger quantity of ingredients, you're going to want a springform pan... That's about nine and a half inches wide. You'll also need a slotted spoon. So now the first step is to take these apples in this large glass bowl that we have in front of us. And we're going to add everything I just listed up through the lemon juice, half a cup of granulated sugar, and just pour it on the apples. No need to do anything fancy here. Just sprinkle it over the top. And then, I'm gonna use a half cup of brown sugar, just cramming that in. I use the side of the bag to do this. I scoop my measuring cup down in, and then I use the side of the bag between my hand and the brown sugar to press on it. And I am gonna use a blended cinnamon, that comes from Penzies, which I happen to like very much. It's a combination of four different kinds of cinnamon. Some very strong and some very mild. But I like cinnamon, so I think I'm gonna use a teaspoon and a half. That's I'm using half teaspoons, so I need three of them. That's too much. Two. There's three. Alright, and then my quarter teaspoon of nutmeg quarter of a teaspoon of salt. I know I'm out of order. I'm out of order from what I told you, but I have the quarter teaspoon in my hand. A teaspoon of vanilla. And while for many baked goods, I like to use Penzi's double vanilla. On this one, vanilla isn't the, the dominant, prominent kind of flavor you want. This again, just adds depth and complexity to what we're doing. So I don't want it to be emphatically there so I'm just using regular vanilla you can use imitation vanilla if you want that would absolutely work and then two tablespoons of lemon juice I happen to have in my refrigerator something made by minute made it's a hundred percent lemon juice from concentrate I like it because it keeps for a really long time Keeps in the freezer, and then when you're ready for it, you can just put it in your refrigerator and let it defrost, and then you always have lemon juice in this sort of little squirt bottle, and I don't feel as guilty about using this as I would using those little lemon-shaped things, which they're probably fine, but I feel weird about it. You can also, of course, squeeze a lemon. That would be even better if you happen to have one, and two tablespoons of juice is about one lemon. The lemon juice goes in. And that is almost the end of step one. All we have to do now is stir this up to distribute the sugars, the cinnamon, the lemon juice. It's it's not going to be really moist. It's going to be stiff. The sugar isn't going to want to look like it's going to mix in. You're going to worry that it's not going to be spread all the way around. Don't worry about it because... As the apples sit, they're going to start to make juice. And when you're done, you're going to have a juicy marinade that they're sitting in, and that's what we will put in the pie. Mix it as well as you can. Like I said, it's not going to mix really well. And then cover it. You can put plastic wrap on it. It doesn't need to be covered really tightly. You can just put a couple of paper towels over the top of the bowl. It's not important. You know, It should be covered to keep dust off of it and then leave it out at room temperature. We're not going to refrigerate this. This is going to sit at room temperature overnight. Or if you're doing this during the day and you start early enough, eight to 12 hours, probably eight, if you're doing this all in one day. It can be done. I've done it, but it's better to do it the night ahead. It just means less work day of making the pie. I'm going to go away now and see you back here In 8 to 12 hours, and by that time, you'll have soupy apples, and I'll tell you what we're going to do with them. We're going to have some fun, and I'm really eager for you to get a taste of this pie and to share it with your family or your friends or whatever.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
1: My apples have sat overnight and hopefully yours have sat for 8-12 to hours as well. You'll notice as you take the lid off of the, the top plastic wrap off of your glass bowl that they now take up a lot less volume than they did last night. And they're soft and floppy. These are good things. We want this. Now I may disappoint you here, but I'm going to do something I have never done before. And for the next step, which is the crust, Rather than do it with you here and now, I am going to refer you to the one already on my website. I went back and played it this morning, and it's exactly what I would tell you. So there's no sense in my my saying all that stuff to you again. So please go look for Cindy's favorite pie crust, and in parentheses it says two crust pie. Run through that one to make your crust and then come back to this podcast and we'll fill it. You can't obviously put the top on, so halfway through that podcast, you're gonna stop and come back to this one, or you can play that whole podcast so you know what to do, and then come back to this one and we'll put this filling in because this filling happens similarly, but just a hair differently than what I describe in that pie crust recipe. If you are using a springform pan, You do not want this recipe for the pie crust. You want my other one, which is easy pie crust for one crust pie. You're going to want to use that instead because you can press it by hand rather than rolling it. You can press it by hand into the springform pan. And with edges that go straight up, it's pretty much necessary to do something like that. And you will probably need to make about one and a half times as much so you'll have to put your math skills to work in order to get a top crust out of it as well and the top crust you will want to roll out even though it says you don't have to roll it in order for it to look decent and to transfer from one place where you're spreading it out to the top of the pie you're going to need to roll it out that pie crust is the one to use for a springform pan Which makes a magnificent presentation, as I'll show you on the website, thecookalongpodcast.com. A regular pie crust is always beautiful, and for that one, you want Cindy's favorite pie crust. Now, you could use any pie crust, I'll be honest. Any pie crust, if you have a favorite pie crust of your own, you could use it. I like this one because it's easy, it's fast. It takes things you already have at home. It doesn't take a lot of effort or muscle. It's not a nuisance. It's just really easy to make, and it's light and flaky. If you like a denser pie crust, as I say in the pie crust podcast itself, this isn't the one to use. If you want a really dense, sturdy pie crust, this is not the one. Before you start making your pie crust, though, before you leave me here, you're going to want to turn your oven on. You want to heat it up to 425 degrees. Get that heating up because it'll take a little time while you make your pie crust, which doesn't take a lot of time. Go away, make your pie crust, and then come back and we will put this apple filling into it. All right, here is where your slotted spoon comes into play. We have this pie crust now and the bottom crust is in the pie pan and the top crust is waiting between two pieces of paper. Get your bowl of apples and your slotted spoon, scoop the apples out of the sauce. We want to leave the sauce behind and put the apples in the pie pan bottom. I don't know if there's something else you could use if you don't have a slotted spoon, some sort of strainer I suppose, but the juice is really important. You don't want you don't want to lose it. It's 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 like the main thing. So this will take a few minutes because you have to sort of drain each spoonful of apples so that the juice goes back in the bowl. There we go. There was no juice last night at all. And here we go. We got quite a lot of syrup here now in the bottom that is combination of apple juice, sugar, and cinnamon. Oh, and that uh, little vanilla and the little lemon juice. Your pie, as you're filling it, the fruit, just the apples by themselves, should come up to level with the top of the pie crust or mounded slightly. If it's more than that, you've got too much fruit and you'll need to figure out what else to do with it. You could probably turn it into a nice applesauce or if you have any leftover crust, you could pop it into some small little ramekin of some sort and make a personal apple pie. That would be kind of fun. I think my fruit looks like it's going to be mounded over the top edge of the crust, but not very much. You don't want to mound it too close to the edges because you got to attach the top cry, crypust. There you go. <laughs> you got to attach the, uh, the top pie. I haven't had breakfast yet. That's my excuse. I haven't had any food yet this morning because I wanted to get this in the pie crust before it sat for too long. There we go. Two more spoonsful, and I've got it all in there. Okay, you two. Now you've got this lovely soup at the bottom of your bowl. To that lovely soup, I want you to add three tablespoons of regular all-purpose flour you do probably want to stir it up so you're not getting too much flour and then just scoop it with tablespoon measurement three times level off the top with your finger dump it into the juices now if you have a whisk this will be easier but you could use a spoon or a fork we're just going to whisk that together to make a new kind of sauce so it's got a thickener in it now which will be nice as the pie cooks. It's, it's not going to just have runny stuff. It's going to have a nice filling glue. Oh, that sounds awful. You know what I mean, though, right? We want it to kind of stick together. We want the apples to stick together. We want everything to stay in its place when we cut it. Now, the juice just gets poured over the apples in the pie. Sort of drizzle it over the top so it goes on to all parts of the pie. And then using your slotted spoon or a rubber spatula if you prefer, because it's more effective, get all that juice out of that bowl so that you're not leaving stuff behind that is good to eat. Get all into the pie. All right. Now it's time for butter. You need a tablespoon of butter and a sharp knife and what we're going to do is kind of chunk up this butter and dot it over the top of the pie so i kind of start around the outside and my dots are the size of maybe half a sugar cube so i get them all around the outside and then i put a couple if i still have part of my tablespoon left i put at least one in the middle two if i have enough butter left Now the top pie crust goes on. So you have that sitting aside. Carefully separate the top paper from it. And putting your hand underneath the bottom paper, flip this over onto the top of your pie gently. And then carefully peel the paper away from the pie crust, leaving the pie crust on top. Now we need to seal the edges. We don't want the juice of that pie that we just put in there. We don't want it leaking back out. So grab a hold of the bottom crust and the top crust edges together where they meet at the edges of the pan and fold them together, pinch them together so there's not a gap between them. Pinch them pretty firmly because if there's any weakness in this pie crust, The juices of this pie, they will find those weaknesses and ooze out through there. If you find that you have too much crust in a spot, you can pull it off and save it for a spot that you might need to patch up a little bit. I have one of those right here. Just kind of cover it up. You can't really press it on there because it'll punch through the pie crust, but do what you can. Seal the edges tightly to each other. If you want to do something decorative here, you can. I don't have enough pie crust to do that. So I am just pinching the edges together really well and leaving it be. I trust that the taste will make up for whatever shortcomings it may have in appearance. All the way around. Oh that's gonna be a that's gonna be a spot where it leaks out. Oh well. Because of the leaks that are probable with this, and actually with any fruit pie, I highly recommend that in your oven, it's a smart idea to put a cookie sheet, something flat and empty on the bottom shelf right underneath the pie, so that when it drips, it isn't dripping on the floor of your oven where it will smoke. It's much better on the cookie sheet where you can take it out later and wash it, scrape it clean, whatever. All right. Two other steps. Now you have the pie crust top on. Take a sharp knife. The one you use for the butter will work. And cut some slits into the top crust. I do it in sort of a cross pattern I guess. You can do them in any decoration you like but what you're doing is allowing the steam to vent. That will help reduce the possibility that it's going to ooze over and spill all over the place. And then Moisten your fingers with just a little bit of water and drip that onto the top of the pie and use your wet hand to sort of pat it around so that the whole top of that pie crust is a little bit wet. And then take some sugar, a spoonful of sugar. Sorry for that earworm. Spoonful of sugar, if you have some decorator sugar, which I do if I can find it. It's a large crystal sugar. That's always fun, it looks pretty and it makes a nice crunch. But if you have regular sugar only, that's fine. Sprinkle just whatever feels right to you onto the top of this pie. It'll make a nice little crunch. It looks pretty and is fun. Make a little sprinkling over the entire pie and when your oven is ready, this pie is going in the oven. You are gonna take the middle rack of your oven and move it down. Now you still need an empty rack on the bottom, but move this to about the bottom third of your oven and then put your cookie sheet to catch the drippings on the bottom shelf that you left in place, right under where you're gonna put the pie. If you want to, you can tear some two inch wide strips of aluminum foil and kind of fold them in place around the edges of your crust. That will keep the edges from getting too brown for you. The pie goes on the oven rack that you lowered And you're going to bake it for 15 minutes. So set your timer for 15 minutes. When the timer goes off, come back and lower your oven temperature to 350. Don't open the oven. Just lower the temperature to 350. And set your timer for another 45 minutes. That might not be enough. It depends on how tall your pie is. You kind of want to poke a little... mm, You could use a fork, but if you have any kind of skewer, it'll be better. What you want to do is find a place where the pie is already open, like one of those slits in the top, and poke something in there and see if the apples are tender. When the apples are tender, you can take the pie out. That could take up to an hour rather than that 45 minutes. At that point, take it out of the oven, put it on a rack where it can sit and cool to whatever temperature you prefer to eat it at, It's certainly good cold. It's certainly good hot. Warm. Not hot. Not hot. I don't recommend that. You won't be able to taste it. But warm is always good. That's Sharon's Perfect Apple Pie made with you here on the Cook Along podcast. I will include lots of information on this on the website just because I've referred to so many different things. I will make sure they're all available on the page for this recipe. Sharon's Perfect Apple Pie. So please go there and double-check things if you have any questions at all about the one we just did or about the variations you might want to do. Look at the blogs on measuring flour and on whatever else intrigues you. Consider visiting my Patreon page, which you can get to from the Cook Along podcast page down in the bottom. There's a P logo to click on. There are fun finds there that change from time to time. Thank you for visiting the website, and until next time, happy cooking!
0: and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
1: If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi ko Fi.com slash the Cook Along Podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.